I'm Mitchell Vandenberg. And I'm David Scarlatescu. And welcome to Back to the Scene. A home for movie lovers that want to stay up to date on all things entertainment. Whether you're a super fan or a casual fan, we got you covered. We talk about a wide range of topics including film, TV shows, and all things relevant to movie pop culture. So sit back, grab some popcorn, because we're about to get Back to the Scene. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Back to the Scene. How's everyone doing? Welcome back. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Even though you can't respond. <laughs> um, Mitchell, topic list topic today. List? Well, do you want me to run through everything? We're going to talk about the Oscar recap, the Little Mermaid trailer that came out during the Oscars, um, details of Quentin Tarantino's last film that he claims he's going to make called the Movie Critic, and Superman Legacy gets a director, and we're going to review Shazam! Fury of the Gods. I like it. I like it. And I like that movie. So, anyways. So, we're going to bust through all the topics really quick so we can talk about Shazam. That's right. Yeah, yeah, No. <laughs> Hit it up. Uh, so, okay. Oscar recap. Yep. Uh, every, you watched them. I didn't yes, really. It so. was like, it was pretty short compared to other years. Okay. Um, Nobody was, got slapped. No one got slapped. They made a couple of good jokes about it. Nice. Um, Jimmy Kimmel, I thought, was a really good host. It felt a very heartwarming Oscar. Just uh, like, just because, for example... For Best Supporting Actor and Best Actor, Kehu Kwan won, and then Brendan Fraser won. Right. And it's just actors that kind of disappeared for, like, a long period of time in Hollywood that were, like, in huge, big films. And then to see them come back and then win Academy Awards, it was just kind of felt heartwarming and just a very good comeback story. I like that. I like that a lot. Did you watch Whale? I didn't, know. Okay, I've seen some clips, and I, I don't think I'm going to watch it. It seems really, really depressing. sad. Like, extremely sad and depressing. I... I mean, that seems to be the criteria to win an Oscar, but... Well, uh, Kehu Kwan's role is, I wouldn't say depressing. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but, yeah. Also, like, their little Indiana Jones reunion when everything, everywhere, all at once won Best Picture, and then Kehu Kwan, who plays Short Round, runs up on stage, and Harrison Ford was the one who was giving the Best Picture award uh, away. So then, yeah, they ran up on stage and they hug, and it was really, really cute. So, on that note, then best picture. Yep, you obviously predicted it, but do you think well deserved overall from looking at everything that you saw? I know that personally, you you still think Top Gun was the best of the year. Yeah, but it was not going to win. But like, you knew it wasn't going to win, but that was your personal choice. Yeah. But if again, I was to vote, I would vote Top Gun and then Fablemans and then Avatar and then everything ever all once. Really? Okay, so it doesn't even crack your top three. Yeah, I guess so. Hmm. It, was, it was still a good It was film. a good movie. It was the, it the was, best of the rest kind of thing, yeah. right? Okay. It's just that... It's competing with some big, big yeah. guns. Yeah. Top Gun was fantastic. And then Fablemans, I like Steven Spielberg's director, and I like filmmaking. So, like, seeing the story of when he was a teenager trying to make films and just his little journey, I just, I don't know, Naturally, connected to. Yeah. So, that's why I like that one. Plus, it was really well put together in Avatar course james cameron cinematic masterpiece and then everything all at once for me was my fourth favorite of the films that were nominated but it was, it was still a good movie good all right so overall rewarding oscars and uh plus also it's just like it's just, if you see the movie it is very like i'd say everything everywhere all at once is more comic booky multiversey than dr strange was really like it's like re like a lot of people that watch it that i hear they're like, I have a hard time following. That is what they tell, say, or hear. 
I'm like I, I get it because it's like it feels like the concepts and like it is based on like not based on sorry well how am i trying to say this the way the multiverse works is you're able to jump into different versions of yourself from other universes oh. so you're not actually going physically it's like your mind is going to different oh, bodies or other versions of yourself are going you into your body now or you're accessing on, different skills on that note do you prefer that over how dr strange did it well i well to be honest i would prefer the way dr strange did just just because then there's multiple characters yeah it just it, it becomes okay. less as the opposed way to tom way... holland going into toby Maguire's brain yeah exactly okay, it's yeah. just the way the marvel universe works that makes sense so it fits me. for marvel but it wouldn't but the way this movie works, it wouldn't make sense to... It, their own rules on the multiverse make sense for the specific story they're trying to tell. Okay. Because, like, if you do different things, it doesn't really... The story would be different. Fair. The logic the con, the logic that they have works for the story they're trying to tell. Yeah. Fair. Okay. But it's, it's rare for something that's, like, so, like, genre, fantasy, sci-fi to win best picture i mean i'm sure there's probably other examples like lord of the rings for example one true but like this is like uh just feels very different in terms of like it feels like i'm reading a comic book like a very high um what i'm trying to say high level is what's the proper term iq no not iq it's like there's a term for like sci-fi that is like very far out far-fetched not far-fetched it's like high High level, high topic. No, um, defined. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, it's very, very sci-fi. Like it's extremely okay. If yeah, like it's, it feels like reading a comic book. Like you need to like know like comic book cartoon logic to like understand. Oh yeah, I understand how this works. No That's problem. an interesting choice for best because I remember reading what it was, what the synopsis of the movie was. I still need to watch it, but and I I remember thinking this is not what you would think would win best picture. Mm -hmm. just based on the overall synopsis but i mean i'm not necessarily opposed to it i mean i haven't seen it so i can't speak but i think i like i like the idea and like you said there have been other op options that have been chosen in the past that are more on the sci-fi based side of things and fantasy side of things um but i mean who was like looking back who was lord of the rings return of the king up against uh, it would have been 2003. Yeah. So we got, I don't know exactly what, well, but let's, I'm best a, picture list of 2003. I don't remember. It was like five. <laughs> <laughs> but I know like they like won a lot of Academy Awards that year. I know they did. Yeah. Was it 2003? No. Wrong? No, I think 2004 then. Spider-Man 2. Definitely was not nominated for best picture. Yeah, it was 2004. It, then that means it would be... Lord of the Rings Return of the King for Best Visual Effects then. Interesting. So, Best Actor, Sean Penn, Actress, Charlize Theron. Okay. Uh, let's just go to the Best Picture. I'm looking. I'm looking. It's probably way down. Oh, no. It's just... Uh, that's not the... That's just the winner's list. list. Yeah. What the nominees? I'm really bad at Google search, apparently. Nominations. Okay, here we go. Sweet. Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World, Lord of the Rings, Return of the Kings. King. Yep. <laughs> Not plural. <laughs> sea Biscuit. Okay. Mystic River. Okay. 
and lost in translation. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Because back then they only had five nominees for Best Picture and they changed it, I think, in the last right. 10 years to 10 now. Seabiscuit, yeah. <laughs> Tobin Mogar movie. Or, you know, it's on the racehorse. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But yeah, I guess that makes sense. Interesting. Okay. Well, moving on then. Or, sorry, let's say, were there any big surprises in the Oscars, Oscars for you? Yes. Which ones? Uh, that Kate Blanchett did not win Best Actress and Michelle Yeoh won instead. That was surprising. Right. Also, Angela Bassett, I thought, was going to win for Black Panther. I remember you were, I remember I how convinced like, you were that of that category too. No, I was like, those are locks. This like, it's, but then Jamie Lee Curtis won for Best Supporting Actress. I know she won at the SAG, but I'm like, I still think Angela Bass is probably going to take because it feels more like an Academy type performance that the voters would go for. Yeah. But they won with Jamie Lee Curtis. I was like, oh, okay. That's, that's not our first Oscar, is it? It is. Wow. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Good for her. You got Jamie Lee Curtis. You got Brendan Fraser winning. Any other big surprises? It was just those two. That was the only yep. big surprises. Uh, I, I know that I was going to mention that I really liked everything overall once when they had their martial arts sequences when you're talking, but I didn't want to interrupt you. Just another fun thing. The martial arts. It was very well done. And it's like, I mean, if you do good martial arts fight choreography, you got me. That's true. And I, I guess they, you've got the Academy as well. Uh, plus, Michelle Yeoh is doing a lot of fight scenes and she worked with like Jackie Chan. And like police, I think it's police story. And then she did crutch tiger hitting dragon. So like, yeah. she was in Shang Chi. She's got a huge martial arts background. So, one more question. Yeah, if you had to rate the lineup in this Oscars Best Picture overall, what would you say it ranks out of ten? The lineup of movies that they had to choose from, like kind of an overall. Like if you look at like all the Oscars, yeah. Like if you look at all the Oscar nomin best picture nominees over the years, is this one of the hardest? Like in difficulty and in quality of all of the movies combined, what would you rank this one out of ten? This is. Hmm, I'm trying to understand exactly. Like, do you mean just like this set of movies? Yeah, this is pool. Better? This pool of nominees compared to other pools of nominees. Compared I guess to like I was other years. Yeah, I guess I was asking that. Okay, weird so way. like compared to like, okay. Uh, I would say it's better than last year's and the year before. Okay. To be fair, though, there's been a whole, like, this is kind of like now going back to normal because we had COVID for the past two years. So last the year, the last lineups were like the 10 pictures were kind of not as, not as good as compared to like, say 2019, right? Like 2019's lineup, we had like Ford v. Ferrari, Jojo Rabbit, a bunch of others. Those are just the ones off the top of my head that I remember, but well, Parasite was that year too. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I feel like 2019... That hasn't been, this lineup hasn't been as good since 2019. Okay. So, step in the right direction. I will say, though, that I do not envy the Academy for the 2023 Oscars that are coming because this is going to be insane. Right here. Insane. Yeah. It seems like every month there's new announcements. Flash for Best Picture. <laughs> I haven't even. I mean, it'll be, it'll be in it for sure. I mean, if Avatar and Top Gun can make it, by all means, yeah. We haven't seen the movie, so who knows? It actually might be terrible, but I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it at this point. Okay. Little Mermaid trailer. Little Mermaid trailer. What are your thoughts? I mean, not much more to say. It's my girlfriend's favorite Disney movie. Um, through watching it, first thing she noticed and that I noticed as well, because I just watched that cartoon recently. Um, 
very, very story accurate compared to the cartoon. I think Disney does a really good job with their live action of making them as close to the cartoon as possible, but in live action. So I think it all looks really, really, uh, really, really accurate down to like little scenes that you saw in the cartoon that you can literally see in live action just from watching the, uh, just from watching the trailer. So I'm excited for this one. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really good. And I actually think it's going to exceed a lot of expectations. It's my prediction. Cool. I haven't seen the original Little Mermaid, so. Are you going to watch this one? The new one? Yeah. Well, if my track record with the other live action Disney films is uh, concerned, I haven't seen any. <laughs> You're coming. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. I guess I got to review it. Yeah. Yeah. We got to review it. Uh, also, that'd be a different perspective because I haven't seen the original. There you go. Yeah. There we go. You might want to watch the original first, actually. Well, I mean, it, it ages pretty well. It's honestly I, a pretty good movie. I know the story of it. Yeah. I just haven't seen it. Like, I understand that. Yeah. Like, oh, she falls in love with the prince dude and then she gets legs. Well, it's a little different. So basically, like, <laughs> she saves his life. He I falls figured, in love with her. I figured that. But she doesn't know who she does or he doesn't know who she is. But and then she, she wants, she's always. with them, all right? Eventually, but she always wanted to be a human. So she goes and makes a deal with the evil um, Ursula, octopus, squid, witch, Ursula. And Ursula steals her voice in return for giving her legs. So she can't talk? Correct. Gotcha. So when she meets the prince and falls in love, she has no voice. Mm. And, and then there's a whole debacle that happens with Ursula because... Um, basically she needs to seal her love with a kiss, like any Disney movie to keep, to get her voice back basically. Mm, I see. Okay. Otherwise Ursula keeps your voice. Um, anyways, but yeah, that's the, basically the synopsis of it. Gotcha. Okay. Moving on. Little Mermaid Lovers. Okay. Quentin Tarantino's last film. Thank so God. You only seen one. <laughs> I thought this one was his last one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No, it's, uh, we know it's going to be called The Movie Critic. Okay. So that's interesting. And I, th the thing is, like, when Tarantino said, like, I'm only going to make movies when I'm bored and get going broke so that I can make more money? No, he just, he has a definitive amount of movies that he wants to make. And then he says, this is going to be his last one. Okay. The thing is. I highly doubt it's going to be his last one. He's going to be like, he's going to be bored in retirement. And then he's going to be like, you know what? I got this idea that I really want to make. Yeah. It's like, he's, he's going to be the Tom Brady of the movie industry. Oh, I'm retiring. Oh, coming back for one more movie, but this is my last one. And then cool. a few years later, oh, I'm retiring. Clint Eastwood's in his nineties and still directing films. Exactly. So, exactly. You know, but you never know. But I mean, I just highly doubt this could be his last film probably for like a couple of years. But I mean, at the same time, making movies at that level, at studio level, is really stressful. Yeah. And just dealing with that. But I mean, yeah, I feel like he's the guy who's like at that point in his career, like he basically can make whatever he wants. Yeah. So. I mean, he already showed that with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> you really don't like that movie. <laughs> you know what? I had somebody explain to me in a little bit more depth because you, you kind of explained it a bit, but. Someone explained to me recently in a little more depth the relation of that movie with the Sharon Tate murder mm -hmm. and like the little tidbits and nuggets along the way. 
I understand it a little bit more. That doesn't mean I, I like the movie, but I definitely have a little bit less critique for it because it mm. makes a little bit more sense, I guess. So that's the only Quentin Tarantino film that you saw, right? Yeah. So you haven't seen Django? I'd recommend watching Django. I've heard good things. I just also heard it's, go well, I mean, that's Tarantino, the Gory. goriness, yeah, but. I would say it's more, like, gory. Like, you don't see, like, guts and stuff. It's more like you see a lot of blood. Like, yeah. a lot of blood splatter. Yeah. I guess that counts as, does that count as gory? In my mind, when I think gory, I think of, like, we see, like, intestines and stuff. Like, inside the human body, when I think gory. But I okay. guess some people define gory as bloody. Yeah. No, that's just me. I have another thing to add to this list. It's If we're moving on from Quentin Tarantino, wish you best of luck. I will watch the movie Quentin Tarantino. I'll probably watch a few other ones as well. But on the gory topic, have you heard of Kevin Smith's movie Tusk? Yes. Have you seen it? I've seen pictures. <laughs> I read the synopsis. I didn't. I read the synopsis and I looked at pictures and I was like, there's no way in hell I'm watching this movie. <laughs> I cannot believe that movie came to light and they actually dis widely distributed it. It was greenlit. <laughs> Insane. Insane. It was, like, it was probably made, I don't, know, I don't know what the budget is, but I imagine it's probably pretty small. The thing is, like, with horror, it's kind of like, let's see how far we can push the envelope kind of thing. It's ins I, I genuinely cannot believe that they made something like that. And the pictures are gruesome. Appalling. <laughs> like... Uh, there's this thing on TikTok where if they show a, a movie clip, people will put in the comments the most disgusting, because like, there's constantly people asking, oh, what's this mo clip from? And people will put the most disgusting movies that they can think of. So, like, it'll be, like, a nice scene of a movie, and someone will be like, what movie is this? And someone will respond, Tusk, or mm -hmm. somebody will respond, like, Human Centipede, or something like that. Serbian film. <laughs> so, <laughs> basically... That's how I found out, because I was looking at a movie clip, and I saw somebody comment, Tusk, and I was like, Tusk? So I searched it up, and I was like, oh no, going down that rabbit hole. And then once you start reading about it, you can't stop. Oh yeah. And then your curiosity hits, and you're like, this synopsis is saying it's really gross, and really bad. I, it can't be that bad when you look at the pictures of how it is, and I, again, I, don't wanna, I didn't want to watch the movie, but I, I had to get an idea. So then you flip the tab to images on Google, and you're like, Yikes. what? Oh, I have, okay. Oh. I used to do that all the time, like when I was a kid, like when I was going, I give myself a nightmare sometimes on like some of the so stuff. So bad. <laughs> so bad. I, I, I can imagine. If I was... There is, actually recently, there's this film called The Farm. I'm not going to explain on the podcast, but it's really bad. Let's just say that. And I'm like, I would look at it like when I was at work or whatever, and then I'm like, for the rest of the day, I'm just like... Ugh, haunted by yeah. that. We've talked it up too much, but at your own risk, please look up <laughs> Tusk if you are curious like we were, but just read the synopsis. And if you can avoid looking at pictures, I suggest you do. But if you can't, then best of luck to you because it is... How do we, how do we get onto the topic? <laughs> gory. We were oh, talking yeah, about yeah. Gory from Quentin. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on to the next topic. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Superman Legacy gets a director. Yeah, it is. James Gunn. James Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, after much speculation, because he's writing it, he wrote it. I think he's already, he's already done. Probably might do more drafts because it comes out uh, 2025. Right. Probably start filming it next year. So there's still room to make adjustments to the script and stuff like that. But yeah, James Gunn has got to direct it. 
Exciting. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm... Not especially surprised. after watching Shazam, I'm definitely... I'm very bullish on DC. I think, I think our prediction is panning out that we could see a DC Marvel flip in the next five years or so. Everyone's more excited. Yeah, also the thing is like with Marvel, we already hit that crescendo of that giant finale and it's just kind of like rebuilding it and we're kind of picking characters that people are not familiar with. Yeah. Sure, we have Spider-Man and stuff like that, but it's just not the same as like, oh, it's Batman. This is Superman. Like the big hitters are coming back. It's yeah, the big, brand new, the big IP. Yeah. No, and I mean, even you still have Captain America, but it's different. It's yeah, not Steve Rogers. No. He's Iron Man's gone. He's still somewhat talked about and everything, but gone. But also, like, with Marvel, like, a lot of the new characters, they're, like, derivative characters of the heroes. Like, we have a new Hawkeye, we have a new Hulk, we have a new Captain America. It's true. So it's, like, they're just ripoffs of already previously established characters. Yeah, the only ones that are... Shang-Chi? Yeah, but he, that took a learning curve, because not a lot of people know Shang-Chi. Um, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange are probably the only strong IPs Thor Captain Marvel. Thor, the thing is with Thor is I feel like he's just seeing audience reaction. I feel like Thor is getting a little... Like, there's Thor fatigue to a degree. I guess. The thing is, the last one did make money. Sure, it wasn't as critically... No, the, the last one was good. I'm not going to sit here and say it was bad. It, was, it wasn't Dark World, but it was like... It was good, but I think there were some... There's some letdowns, and I think people are getting a little bit fatigued of seeing Thor, and I think, or that same Thor, maybe they want a different perspective, you know? Thing is, though, I have a feeling like, say, if the Secret Wars comes out, and then we don't know Thor is in it, and then all of a sudden he shows up, we'll get a big pop. If, if that's if that's the case, 100%, but maybe, maybe he needs a little bit of a break, break. you know? Yeah. yeah. And then... The last Captain Marvel made a billion dollars. Yeah, because so. it was right after Infinity War, that and people true. knew that the cliffhanger from Infinity War needed to be explained. It had nothing to do with Captain Marvel as a character. If it wasn't Marvel, the thing is, I mean, it was the. It, tell me right now, you think Captain Marvel? If it was, if it was, if, if it, it was not time, immediately post Infinity War, if it came out at a different time, and it wouldn't it, have done well. But because it came out at that time. But I guess the new Black Panther didn't come out. Well, when it came out, it didn't make much of the first one, but at the same time, it didn't make a lot. But you don't have your returning star in this one. You do when the Marvels comes out. It depends. I'd say it depends how well good of a movie the Marvels is. Yeah. And I, I will go in with an open mind. I'm just saying Captain Marvel's character sometimes rubs me the wrong way. It, it could be the writing. I also think that I don't know. She just, just seems feels like... like a character that's kind of like comes in to your already established heroes and says I'm better than you kind of thing. Yeah. yeah and it just really like... rubs me the wrong way. It feels like, I don't know, some like cartoon series that you watched as a child and then like, I don't know, Pokemon, for example, then Gary comes in and is like, oh, I'm better than Ash or whatever. Yeah. And then just like absolutely beats his butt. Or whatever. And then just like And you're like, who is this? Well, actually I think you know Gary from the beginning. Bad example, a different rival. Anyway. <laughs> but 
yeah so anyways again digressed a little bit but yeah excited for superman legacy james gunn i think he's going to be a good director obviously mm-hmm. being that he's writing it as well but i think the new direction of dc is really headed in a great place mm-hmm. and that segues us right into shazam fury of the gods do you really like this movie i really liked it i really liked it i thought it had it was very if i had to compare it i'd say to a marvelish movie i think it i think it was on par with like a thor ragnarok moment yeah i can see that i i think it was i think it was fun i think it was entertaining it had a lot of action it had some some good villains in my opinion too um it had really good action scenes it didn't have the there's this dc stupidity that bothers me in a lot of their fight scenes where it's literally just god against god and they're just unstoppable and i didn't really get that vibe like i did in black adam for example where it was just annoying to watch the fight scene because you're like these guys are both just ridiculously overpowered yeah because like you don't see well i guess on the final battle but like when you fight again when you fight against helen mirren's character it's a little bit more I don't want to say I, just the way it's done. Like when they're in the basement doing that fighting scene, it's more. I'm trying to say it's not as like big and explosive. I would say like you're getting thrown. I mean, there is moments where you go flying across the city, but I mean, like it's more personal. The fight scene, I yeah. Would say. And and also what I like is neither hero nor villain seems as strong as maybe some heroes in other movies. Like Black Adam just seemed indestructible. Right, and it was just—it was kind of annoying because no matter what happened, you knew he wasn't at risk. Whereas this one, you felt that this hero is in danger, yeah, and I think you need that little bit of an element in a movie to feel for the hero. Because if you don't feel like they're in danger, then what are you watching it for? Yeah, it's like oh, no problem. Because I mean, like I've really liked the uh, the story device of the taking of the powers. Yeah, the the device just can take your powers like that, and I thought that was really cool because it 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 adds that suspense of like oh, I'm please watch out like try to dodge it like yeah yeah you feel for the heroes but also to add to that the villains didn't seem like they were so strong either they just seemed that they were that it was what it was they had lived for thousands of years and had more experience (laughs) they were way smarter than children um so like yeah let's call it what it is but it didn't seem like they were necessarily stronger i think it was just they were way wittier and i liked every little bit even the unicorn scene i thought that was amazing (laughs) yeah a little little skittles uh i wonder how much they paid for that product placement that was very uh that was very good but Mm. no i i loved like you could feel the happiness the joy inside when they're riding on the unicorns to fight the beasts like just just stuff that you feel in big big blockbuster movies and i think shazam had that Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like the story device of the taking away the powers it helps isolate Billy as a character mm-hmm. because then it's it is like sure it's nice having like you know the other characters have like a superhero moment but he was the champion that was chosen. yeah it's it's his is his hero's journey so he's got the one to face it alone at the end yeah so like they all have their powers plus all i know you mentioned like you turned to me in the middle of the movies like why doesn't superman batman show up and then like there's a huge dome over philadelphia so no one can enter or leave so even that's if say Superman shows up, it's ma- Superman can't do anything. It's magic. That's actually one of his weaknesses. So oh. like, he he won't be able to get through the barrier. 
Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> just bi- basically useless. Yeah. Okay. And then Batman also basically yeah. useless at that point. I mean, I mean, Wonder Woman's to- a god, but I don't think she would be able to penetrate it either if Shazam couldn't because he's also magic. No, no. And also, like, when you think about it, too, Shazam and Black Adam have the exact same power sets. Exactly, exactly. the same. They came from the same place. So, yeah. I mean, in terms of, yeah, they made Shazam vulnerable, whereas, yeah, they didn't do that with Black Adam. But, like, also, there was that argument, too, like, back when it was going to be they're leading up to Black Adam versus Superman, which would be a cool fight. I kind of wanted to see Shazam versus Black Adam because Black Adam is a Shazam villain. And... Everyone's just like, oh, Black Adam will be Shazam, no problem. Like, well, the thing is that you want your hero to have an antagonist that is difficult to beat. You don't want to be like, oh, it's it's an even match or it's, it can be close. Like, you want the hero to struggle against a threat that's really menacing. Like, how the heck are you supposed to beat this? And yeah. I think that would be, because with Superman, Black Adam, you'd be like, probably Superman will win or it could be 50-50. Whereas where it's like Shazam versus Black Adam, even though they have the same powers. I don't know, like, at the same time, actually, there's one other divergent thing where it's, like, with Black Adam, like, the scene where he gets his powers removed, and then he's finding his way out of the military base. Yes. And he's taken out those uh, military soldiers. I'm like, how the heck is someone from way back, or was it Egypt or from or some far yeah. back? Anyway, that someone's able to take on trained military soldiers without any superpowers, and, like, his fight training, like, I mean, he sure he's fought as Black Adam, but it's more like, boom, boom, punch, you're dead. Like, I mean some random person from thousands of thousands of years ago who's probably never fought actual hand-to-hand combat fighting beating meal to beat like a group of soldiers on his own i don't know that's kind of hard to believe did he have hand-to-hand combat experience and from what where in the past he was a slave <laughs> maybe they had to fight <laughs> but versus trained military soldiers in present day that probably has gone through like i'm assuming like some rigorous training of some kind to be stationed at that post protecting the base with superhuman threats you would think you would have guards that they've gone through some kind of like navy's team or team six training yeah you're right okay (laughs) all right so if we go back to shazam though yeah (laughs) (laughs) went on a little black black adam tangent but no, I think I think this movie delivered in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. This movie really delivered in a lot. I left the theater thinking, "Damn, that was a good movie. Mm-hmm. That was a really good movie." And I'm trying to think of: Do you have any critiques or things that maybe you would have done differently or like to see thing, differently? The only thing that I thought was just like we don't see Billy a whole lot at all. Like, I mean, we do see him, but like Shazam, his Shazam form is a lot of the movie. It's like, oh yeah, we don't really see Billy that much. But I mean, the, the way the story goes, it doesn't make sense to have him in there. No, not really. Yeah, you're right. I mean, is it bad of me to say that I... I mean, it was a payoff. It was cool to see him come back. But is it bad of me to say that, like... You wanted him dead? Maybe it was a little bit satisfying to just have him go out like that, you know? Because you kind of know that's like... It's it's the end of DC now. Like, they're going to reboot. They're going to reboot, and he's not going to be the Shazam. At the same time, though, they're kind of doing, like, a soft reboot where they say they might carry us and I gotcha over, so and might. you know what this if that's the case then this is a smart play in my opinion just because he is probably if if I had to look at the results and the the fan the fan point of view I think Shazam is probably one of the most successful IPs that DC's put out in this last one well this is just rotten on Rotten Tomatoes but 
What was that? It's Rotten or Rotten Tomatoes. The critic score is kind of mixed. It's mixed. It's, I think it's at 50. What about the audience? I don't give a fuck about the critics. Well, I know it hasn't made... It's making less money than the original. It's really? not doing that good. The thing really? is, the first Shazam didn't make a whole lot of money. Like, it barely broke even. And really? It, this one, it, like, the third... We don't know until Sunday night or Monday morning what the weekend box office is. But, okay, audience is 85. So audience is really high. This is very rare where, like, the critic score is low compared to the audience. Yeah, that also happened in uh, which one recently that we were talking about? Um, Ant-Man, Quantum Mania. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Ant-Man, the audience score is really high compared to the... What about the original Shazam? Original Shazam? Oh, it was, it's like 90% certified fresh or something like that. Audience and critic? Yep. Critics, yeah, 90%. First one, eighty-two percent audience. Wow! So the critics liked it more than the audience. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. That's surprising. I mean, I did like the first one. The first one was good, but the um, yeah, the second one was yeah, just really good. it delivered. It the, delivered. the only other thing when he said like what they would do differently, it's just with this one. There was it was still in there, but like the first one was focusing really heavy on that like child as a superhero, that kind of big feeling. Um, and then this one had a little bit of it. And back at the beginning, and then it kind of fizzled out and kind of focused on the plot, which I guess is fine. But I just, I just like, I like seeing that joy of this children being happy that they're superheroes and being able to do stuff like as adults that they can't do as kids is fun. And they kind of, I did over, like, did as much as you possibly could really with the first one. So if you did too much of it in this one, you kind of feel like treading too much of the same ground. So I understand. But I feel like they picked off because they picked up where the last one left off in that regard, right? Because mm -hmm. you got, you got them doing that early on in the movie yep but also i guess freddy actually, you get me think about it it was mostly billy not really doing it. i did like i did like the freddy romance the freddy the freddy and romance and story arc i actually i liked it more than i thought i would when i was watching i was like oh really is this what they're doing but honestly it, it jived well i feel like it worked out well so it looks like she got her powers back at the end so is she now she immortal did. again because i thought it would be perfect if they're both human together well they're both immortal now because they're both gods well, I mean, Freddy still ages. He has the same powers as Shazam, doesn't he? Well, he still ages. Like when they age, old. yeah. They will. Like, oh, I thought they turned into gods and they're like immortal. No, no, no. They still age, or they can turn into one when they say Shazam. But like when they turn back, they're still normal. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, they got like because I mean, eighty years of a relationship. If that's the route yeah. it's going to go, otherwise, maybe they will break up in a year. You know. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, the Wonder Woman appearance, though. What was, what was the, I'm still a little confused on that. So what did they say was the reason why Wonder Woman could, like, relight the flame? She's, a, like, a demigod. That's, that's it? Yeah. And what did she do to it? She just, like, touched it and was like, ah, I'm a god. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Uh, I was gonna say post credit scene. Yeah, the mid one. So like, that's kind of one thing that kind of makes me think like, if they if they are going to do Sajan, they'll keep Zachary Le Levi because the post credit scene is um, you mean mid credit? Characters. Yeah, the mid credit. Yep. Two characters that show up. By the way, this is a spoiler, obviously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the two characters that show up are from Suicide James Gunn's Squad. Baby, Suicide Squad, and Peacemaker. They're they're actually like oh, they're main characters well, on right? Peacemaker. Yeah, they're like reg uh, main characters. So. And they're doing another season of Peacemaker as well. So it kind of feels that they would keep Shazam if they were. I think, I think they've gotten in a situation where 
they can do whatever they want. Yeah. So they can if they want, or they could just have to. let it die. What about the second? Uh, I left because yeah. I read it on the internet, and I didn't so want to wait for twenty he's, minutes. He's for... the magic wielder from the first one, the villain on the first movie. Oh, that's him. Yeah, Doctor Savana. Oh, and okay. then in the post credit scene, you know the caterpillar, Mister Mind. Yes, telling about. So in the post credit scene of the first Shazam movie, the bad guy Doctor Savana is in prison. Yeah, he's right on the wall. Then uh, Mister Mind comes, who's that uh, talking alien caterpillar, who's also a villain of Shazam. Yep. And he comes in and says, oh, let's work together. We have got a plan to take him down, blah, 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 blah. And in this post credit scene, Dr. Savannah is still in his present cell, and Mr. Mind comes out and is like, are you ready to do the thing? He's like, it's been two years, and I've got a plan that I vaguely have any idea about, blah, 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 blah. Can we, like, break me out of prison now? And he's like, yes, I just got to do one more thing. And then he leaves. And he's like, wait, no, come back. <laughs> so it's like, but two uh, years... Uh... It's this is kind of a funny joke because like apparently Mister Mind was supposed to be and Doctor Savannah was supposed to be back in this one and they're the ones who brought the gods to Earth to cause all this chaos but the director said it's just way too much story so then they just cut it. Okay, yeah. So now it's the fact that Billy broke the staff that allowed them to come back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that just makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. And it was just a funny little payoff of this post credit scene to show that yeah we didn't forget about that post the other post credit scene. What was the what was the explanation of the um the original wizard and why did he cuz we did thought he, he died. died like he went he turned to ash yeah in the first one yeah so how is he alive again he, he went on said, and he lived said, in the god realm they just said that cuz in the first one he was just saying like oh my body's so weak I need a champion or whatever and then when he gave Billy his powers he just turned ash and then in this one they kind of gave an explanation that his body was too weak to exist in that realm. So then when he turned to Ash, he, his body went to a different realm or whatever. Or I guess he had more power in. And then he came back to the realm and suddenly his body's not too weak anymore. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the only thing where I was like, that's a little sloppy. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I guess they, just, they needed someone to like be on their side that gave them like inside knowledge. Yeah, fair enough. I guess he had Steve the Pen, but that was actually hilarious. Steve the, <laughs> Steve the Pen. But like you want... The like MVP. A, you want a, a, an actor to give the exposition, right? Yeah, yeah. Steve the Pen can't really give... I mean, I guess you could make it, but it's just it's better if an actor yeah. is... Plus, I mean, you probably want Jaimun Jai Hansu. I forget. I don't know. Sorry. I, I know his name. I just don't know if I'm probably pronouncing it. Daimon Han Han Hansu? I think that's it. Probably. Something like that. We'll get corrected if we need to be. All right. Well, any parting words? No, I think that's it. I think that's it. So we still need to watch Creed, and uh, I still got to watch 65. And then... What else is coming out soon? John Wick 4, and then... I have no intention of seeing that. I was going to go to Cologne for it anyway. Really? Well, because one of my friends is a huge John Wick fan. We like going to Montana, so that's why I'm like, hey, oh yeah, you go, you're going John to Montana. So you're not Montana's going to John Wick. John Wick. Okay. Oh, that's why. And then, uh, then Dungeons and Dragons comes. in. That's right. Dungeons and Dragons. We got like two weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the critic and or I think critic and audience, both audience response because it was uh, screened at uh, the South by Southwest Film Festival. It was like a hundred percent Rotten Tomatoes when it first uh, the, the reviews. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It looks good. It looks hilarious. And good response. Okay. I like it. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you, guys. 
we'll see you next week. Hopefully we'll have seen a few more movies. And that is a wrap on this episode of Back to the Scene. Thanks for listening. It would mean the world to us if you left us a review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you're listening. And if you guys want to reach out for anything, whether it's questions or ideas for the show, please make sure to hit us up. We'll have the email and all our socials in the description of this podcast.